It is an absolute delight this morning to be able to represent our project India to you. And um, it really is also a great privilege to be able to wear this outfit today. I took the head covering off because it was just a little bit restrictive and I do need to move my head around a little bit. And, um, but we have a real heart just for what God is taking us into and what he is saying to us. You know, one of the great privileges that I've had ever since Jenny and I and Chris moved to Switzerland was that we became a part of a church uh, and um, as being one of the pastors here, we stepped into a church that's been very generous in supporting the nations out there. And we've continued this over the last six years, focusing more directly on a number of ministries and how we do it. And um, we want to talk about another avenue that we just want to enlarge our ministry to today. And that is called Project India. And we want to give finances into India, but more than that, as the Word of God says, we want to give our hearts to India. We've supported over the last six years, at least since I've been here, you know, projects worldwide, you know, um, in South Africa, New Zealand, um, Armenia, um, India, and we're doing it again um, today and over the next two weeks. And so it is something that we just love to be a part of. And I'm just going to cover the first point here uh, that you see that's coming up, and then we're going to go to the Word of God. And I want us to see what God says about us loving the poor and the needy. And you would say, well, what is Project India? Well, Project India is a project of love. And we're going to be enabling 13 churches to continue to preach the gospel effectively, um, to feed the hungry and the poor in their localities. We're going to help build up communities affected by COVID-19, enable Christian schools to educate children whose parents have been converted from Hinduism. To Christianity and um, I think that is going to be very very exciting and so we're going to leave uh, Project India right here and I want us first to look at the Word of God because what we do here at Lyft stems from what God's Word says and how we do projects like this stems from how God's Word tells us to do it and we're very passionately about that because then we believe that there is fruitfulness as we will look as the Word of God tells us. And so I'm going to invite you please to turn with me in your Bibles to Isaiah chapter 58 verses 10 to 11. Isaiah 58 verses 10 to 11. And this is what the Word of God says from verse 10. And if you spend yourselves in behalf of the hungry and satisfy the needs of the oppressed, then your light will shine in the darkness and your night will become like the noonday. The Lord will guide you always 
It will satisfy your needs in a sun-scorched land and will strengthen your frame. You will be like a well-watered garden, like a spring whose waters never fail. How brilliant is this? God speaking to us today, but in the context of Isaiah 58, we see that Isaiah the prophet speaks what God is saying to the nation of Israel because they had called a fast, but they were very, being very spiritual about this and they were denying themselves of certain rights to produce works to please God. And the prophet comes and he says, hey guys, you're focusing on the wrong things. Your heart is in the wrong place. And he says, your heart needs to be moved towards what God really is passionate about. And um, this wonderful scripture in verse 10, we see, you know, says to us, and if you spend yourselves in behalf of the hungry and the needy, and I love this word spend, it means when you kind of open your heart, when you sacrifice yourself for the sake of the um, poor and the needy, the hungry, to satisfy their needs, if you give your heart into that which moves the heart of God, then certain things will happen. And so you will see here within verses 10 and 11, you will see two actions and five promises. And I'm just going to mention them so that we can also get into Project India. But the two actions that's very much alive to us is that we need to feed the poor. You know, just as Proverbs um, 19 verse 17 says, Whatever is, whoever is kind to the poor lends to the Lord, and he will reward them for what they have done. And then the second action is lifting the burden of the oppressed. And we want to do both within Project India. We want to feed the poor, but we want to lift the burden of the oppressed. And my friends, it is not just a physical thing in releasing them. It's a spiritual thing. And as a church, we release our finances in whatever area when the gospel is central in that mission. The gospel is not central within that mission. We do not release our finances into other areas because we believe that the church is the only organization commissioned by God to preach the gospel and um, associations that is a part of the church, and may I add that too. But it's really the church's responsibility to carry the gospel forth. But we realize as a church we cannot just preach the gospel Spiritually, as the book of James tells us, we also have to physically pitch up and meet the need of the poor. And in so doing, lift the burden of the oppressed. The gospel does that when we share the good news of the Lord Jesus Christ, his life, his death, and his resurrection, and how people can be freed from the burden of sin, but also the oppressions that take place when people are hungry, when people are poor. The New Testament speaks about the orphan, speaks about those who are without parents. Uh, the Bible speaks about the widow, and um, so we bring all of that into focus, and Project India, the funds that we're going to raise, as you see in a little bit, is focus on that two-pronged attack, 
to feed the poor and through the gospel for the burden of the oppressed to be released. And haven't we seen that? How when the gospel is preached, when the poor are fed, how the kingdom of God explodes within those communities. You see, Psalm 9 verse 9 says, The Lord is a refuge for the oppressed, a stronghold in the times of trouble. And I love what Luke chapter 4 verse 18 says. It says, The Spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim freedom for the prisoners and recovery of sight for the blind to set the oppressed free. And so friends, this is the two actions that we're going to get involved in through Project India. There's five promises, and I'm not going to dwell on those because we want to fulfill the actions. The promises comes because God has promised that. It happens when we, in faith, do it His way, which we want to do. And it's amazing that we can never outgive God. We can never, as verse 10 says, outspend God. Um, a lady in one of the first pastorates that Jen and I were involved in together, a place called Howick, this old lady taught me, she says, Piet, what you need to realize is that God will never be in your debt. He says, you give. You give to him and you give to people. He says, do you know what? You'll never be in God's debt because he'll always give a whole lot more back to you. He says, that's not the reason why you give, but she says, God will never be in your debt. And I love that. You know, and this is what the scripture actually tells us. It reveals us to us the character and the nature of God and the ways of God. We flow in the ways of God. There is tremendous blessing in it. But for us as a church, we want to um, pursue the actions of feeding the poor and lifting the burden of the oppressed. And so we see here in the five promises within these verses that there is a gradation here from brokenness to wholeness. That's what God would do within our lives when we spend ourselves towards the poor and when we lift the burden of the oppressed, when we step into the passion of God. He says, that he will do the following. It's very interesting what William Carey said, and he was a missionary to India. He says, I am not afraid of failure. I'm afraid of succeeding at something that doesn't really matter. William Carey, missionary to India, and we're talking about India. You see, when we spend ourselves on behalf of the poor, we're involved in something that really matters. And since it matters to God, as we get involved in these things, God steps and he'll move us from a place of brokenness to wholeness because he says, firstly, in verse 10, he says, then your light will shine in the darkness and your night will become like the noonday. God will restore you as you 
spend yourself for the poor. All of us need to be restored in some way within our lives. It's amazing, Isaiah 61 verse 3 says um, that God will uh, give unto them the beauty of ashes. Bestow on them the crown of beauty instead of ashes, the oil of joy instead of mourning, and a garment of praise instead of the spirit of despair. They will be called oaks of righteousness, the planting of the Lord for the display of his splendor. It's his promise to you. When you spend yourself to the poor and you step into the things that matters to God and the poor matters to God, the orphan matters to God, the widow matters to God. So that's the first promise, God will restore you. And even as I'm speaking, I trust that the Spirit of God would come and he would restore your brokenness because he's present and that's what Jesus died for us on the cross. Took our sins upon himself so that we can be restored. Second promise, the Lord will lead you. Isn't that amazing? Because verse 11 says the Lord will guide you always. Are you looking for guidance? When you spend yourself to the poor, when you step into the things that move the heart of God, my friends, the Lord will guide you always. If you're looking for guidance today, you need to know as he transforms your life, as you step into what matters to God, there is this promise that God will help you to take the next step within your life. And I know that there are people, even as I've spoken to people over this past month, they need to hear God. God says he will guide you and he will lead you always. Thirdly, the third promise says that God will provide supernaturally for you. Isaiah chapter 58 verse 11 says, He will satisfy your needs in a sun-scorched land. In a sun-scorched land, there's not much to eat. If you feel like you're in a sun-scorched land or you have stepped into a sun-scorched land, God's word says that if we spend ourselves to the poor, if we stepped into those things that matters to God, that he would provide for you supernaturally. Do you need provision supernaturally today? I know this week I needed God to break into certain things supernaturally. And God has surprised me this week in a most wonderful way, not just once, not just trust, not just personally, but in many other ways. God has provided supernaturally. Open up your heart today. It's not just an action. It's a faith adventure with us when we care for the poor, when we lift the oppression of those who are in that place, when we look after the orphan, when we care for the widow. Proverbs 28 verse 27 says, Those who give to the poor will lack nothing. Wow! But those who close their eyes to them receive many curses. <laughs> Powerful, isn't it? God is watching over you to provide for you. Fourthly, God will provide you with good health because in verse 11 of Isaiah 58 it says, and he will strengthen your frame. If your frame is frail like mine, 
you know, the promise is there, and we need to step into that promise as we spend ourselves to the poor, as we are passionate about the things that Jesus is passionate with. The promise is that he will come and that he will strengthen our frame. Third John verses 1 and 2 says this, Dear friend, I pray that you may enjoy good health and that all may go well with you, even as your soul is getting along well. Where it says, even as your soul is getting along well, in the context, when we step into Isaiah, when we spend ourselves to the poor, when we're passionate about the things that Jesus is passionate with, my friends, we can step into that promise and for God to come to heal our bodies. I want to pause at this moment. If you are sick, if you have a disease, a chronic disease, I want to pray now for you. And we want to step into that promise together. Would you pray before we go on to the last point? Father, I pray for everyone who is affected physically by disease, by ailment, whether it's asthma, diabetes, whether it's cancer. Lord, we want to step into this promise that you have given to us because as a church and as people viewing, we want to step into those things that moves your heart. And the promise is that you will strengthen our frame. And so, Lord, we come and we receive your healing today in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Can you say amen with me on that one? Which means, so be it. And then the last promise. Remember, two actions. and Five promises. The last promise is this. You will be blessed super abundantly in your life and in your ministry. Isn't that exciting? When we, and you're going to hear this in your sleep tonight, spend yourself to the poor, be passionate about the things that Jesus is passionate with. He will blessed, you will be blessed super abundantly in life and in ministry. Because what does the Bible say here in verse 11 of Isaiah 58? You will be like a well-watered garden, like a spring whose waters never fail. I think God was speaking about Switzerland here. Grass is green, the water is flowing, there's an abundance of life that is flowing. And that's what your life could look like and mine when we spend ourselves towards the needy. And when we are passionate about the things that God is passionate of. And I just want us to look at Psalm 112, verse 9, as our last scripture here. And Psalm 112, verse 9 says, They have freely scattered their gifts to the poor. Their righteousness endures forever. Their horn will be lifted high in honor. This is God's promise to us. And then, of course, there's a whole number of scriptures that speaks about us being a superly blessed people in life and in ministry. And so I ask that 
as the word of God steps into our hearts, that there would be a fruitful release of life within what you're doing now and in the things that God is calling you to step into. And my friends, when we're involved with the poor and the needy, with the orphan and the widows, or the widower, what happens is that God steps into our lives. He enlarges our field of influence. And there is blessing, life like a fountain, like a river flowing through your life that keeps you fresh and helps you to bear not just some fruit, but much fruit, as John chapter 15 tells us. And so would you just step into the two actions and the five promises that God has for us. And I pray that it's not just only for us as individuals, but God has this for Lift Church as we step into Project India. And I want to conclude now just to help you to understand Project India just a little bit better. So, you know, um, can we have the map up just about India? And I just want you to uh, just have a quick look at the map. And the map is up, and I want you to have a look there. And um, it's an enormous country. And I had the privilege in 1995 to go to India to spend two, 10 days there. And with a group of about 100 people, we were scattered around, and a group of us went to the province of Andhra Pradesh in India, just outside of New Delhi. And we went into an area, and unfortunately, I cannot mention the town. You know, we couldn't put a video clip together because of the persecutions that's happening with India surrounding the Christians there, and they've asked us that we don't do it, and so we're not going to give you a video and faces and name the exact places where our money will be released into, but it is going to be released into 13 churches, but there's one church that has a Christian school, and this Christian school consists of people who have been converted, the parents have been converted out of Hinduism into Christianity. And their children being persecuted needed to go to a Christian school. And so they started this Christian school many years ago, and you won't believe it, in 1995. The school, that place we went to to start the church, are one of the churches that we're actually going to be sowing financing to. And I haven't been there, I haven't been in contact with them until a month ago when this was made known to us as we releasing our finance through a group that we're friends with. And this church is in connection with this group. And the pastor of that church, I know him, and um, was a part, actually me and uh, the other, I think almost 100 people, we were a part of helping them start that church in 1995. And they told us about the school that was gonna be erected because of these things, and how awesome is it that, you know, over 20 years later, that we have the privilege as Lift Church, um, just by God's grace, not planned, we can actually give into the school, feed them, and make sure that we provide resources for them to preach the gospel as well. Um, that's absolutely amazing. And I must tell you about my experience there. I remember traveling from New Delhi into the province of Andhra Pradesh, and you go up the mountain into this place. And I must say, I had the best Indian food that I've ever had 
within that village, and maybe we can go there together one day. But as we went up, it was quite amazing. It was such a cultural challenge for me um, because we were traveling in three huge buses and the traffic in the India to negotiate that is something else. And in these buses, we would travel. And in India, the law of the road those days were the biggest vehicle has the right of way and the smallest vehicle just moves out of the way and sometimes it's only one vehicle that can pass and these buses would go and we would hold on to our seats and on the way to this village this town we went up a mountain with these buses where one and a half cars could pass by it was one of the most harrying experiences that i've had and as we went up the mountain i saw men walking up the mountain their backs were crooked permanently. They couldn't stand erected like this. And they were carrying rocks on their backs, not stones, rocks in a sleigh that hung over their necks. They would bend like this, but over their necks and they'd carry it and it would be at the back there and they would walk up this mountain. And we looked and we looked and some of them were old men doing it. And the one interpreter said to us that this is what these men are destined to from a young age. That's their job, to carry rocks up to the mountain on this road. And when we got to the top, we met several of them. And of course, you know, their backs have been bent permanently because of their work. I mean, there's a spiritual analogy within that too, isn't there? But um, when we got into this village, um, they call them the rock people who carry them. And, of course, our hearts were spent when we interacted with these people. I remember uh, we were preaching the gospel and there were a couple of guys, outstanding evangelists within our group, who were preaching the gospel there. And at one point, the authorities came, took all of their passports away, and we just had to pray that these guys get it back. And although they had gotten permission from the authorities, it's one thing to get permission and it's another thing for them to stick to their word when it comes to the gospel being preached. And we were actually a part of the first services within this village and some of our finances from Lyft will go into this place. And I remember just meeting some of the people, going into some of the stores, eating in some of their restaurants. They are amazing people. But you know what? They need the gospel. And because of what's happening, the poor need to be fed. The children need to be taken care of. And as a church, we're going to be able to do that. And that stirs our hearts. Because not only are we going to give in to 12 other churches, but we're giving in to a church that in a very distant way, you know, uh, uh, certainly I uh, played a very, very small role in seeing that church started up, the school started up, and how many years later, that was in 1995, we see that everything is still going, people's lives are being transformed, children are taken care of. And so Lyft, you know, I can share this story firsthand with you. And people out there who are viewing with us, I can share the story with you. And we're giving into responsible ministries that has great oversight but there is a measure of fruitfulness that we're giving into. And, and so the other 12 churches, I don't know personally, but my friends do, which we are working with. Um, and so that's very, very exciting. And so to conclude, I just want to go through Project India um, just from the start again. And um, 
just for you to know what it's all about. Just for you also to, to know that we did send out a letter on Project India this past week. If you have not received it, if you're on Gmail, please speak to Adam because we've had some problems with Gmail when we sent the letters through. But what is Project India? Project India is a project of love, enabling 13 churches to continue to preach the gospel effectively, to feed the hungry and the poor in their localities, to help build up communities affected by COVID-19. And in many of those countries, COVID-19 are only hitting now. To enable Christian schools to educate children's, children whose parents have been converted from Hinduism and even other religions to Christianity. And so that's very exciting. What is our goal as a church and also for those of you um, who are viewing with us who would like to give towards uh, this Project India? We want to raise... 15,000 Swiss franc over the next two months. Why over the next two months? This month is almost gone, and so we want to carry it into next month. And I know that the holidays have started for the international schools, but the Swiss schools in two weeks' time will break up. And so we need to rally together so that we can really um, trust God for the finance so that we can release it and so that those churches can benefit through our abundance. What is the purpose of Project India? And that was something laid upon our hearts as elders, that it would help us as a church to look outward and not be preoccupied with self during the COVID-19 season. One of my great concerns as I was speaking to pastors all over was that the focus tended to switch inward to our self-needs. And I said to the eldership, we can't be caught in that. When the devil takes from us, we want to give doubly back to God. That's my theory. <laughs> we give doubly back. And over the COVID-19 period, many benefits, but there's also been negatives. And for us as a church, we didn't want to get stuck and just look at ourselves and our own needs. Are we going to um, get together again soon, our own need. Are we going to meet our monthly budgets for the church? That's our needs. I said to the guys, we cannot be focused on that. We've got to be focused on the things that moves the heart of God. And as an eldership team, we said, we want to invest in something larger than ourselves during this time. Of course, we believe that our God is a super abundant God who can bless much more than what we do when we look at ourselves. So that's a very important purpose for, for Lyft as we step into Project India. Secondly, we are helping to save lives together, which is very, very important and very crucial. We are also giving financially into areas around the world that have been greatly affected by COVID-19. It's not over yet, friends. We're privileged here in Switzerland to step back into our services together, but around the world it's still going on. And we want to make sure that as a church, we step into what's happening around the world effectively. The elders of Lyft are also responding to a prompting from God to give financially into India. We were praying, and I was praying with someone, and as we were praying, I said, clearly, in my spirit, felt the prompting of God 
to give into India. Uh, I'm not very much involved in India, others are, but I'm not. But I felt that impulse within my heart and the eldership together agreed with us, let's give into India. So that's the purpose of our project. And we would like you Lyft to step in with us and those of you who are being with us. How to give? Great question to ask. Please give electronically into the normal Lyft bank account with the reference Project India and our accountant will direct your finance into that fund and soon to be released so that it can make its way to India. Our bank account is UBS bank account, Lyft International Church of Zook, and the R band number is right there. And of course, you can go onto our web page and you could also find these details here. Friends, this is so exciting. And um, as one person said to me, Piet, here in Switzerland, in Zug, he said, we've been so blessed. He says, Piet, how can we not step into Project India and give liberally and generously? And I said to him, absolutely. It's people like that who inspire me. And there are people within Lyft who are so generous and their generous spirit is so contagious and it just affects me. And so I want to encourage you to spend time with those people who are generous. You'll find out very quickly who they are and their spirit will affect your spirit because it's contagious. And together with those people, as an eldership team, we've already committed ourselves to the project and we would love for you to step up with us. But my friends, it's for the sake of the gospel because the gospel is not just to lift the burden of the oppressed spiritually, but it's also to lift the burden of the oppressed physically. By feeding the poor, by taking care of the orphan, by stepping aside or next to those who are widowed. My friends, that's the outworking of our faith. And so join us, please, to do this. In Jesus' name. Amen.